kind of the World War Three table? <laughs> Um, I, you know, I always have some World War Three yeah. in anything I'm doing, so it's it, it shares that fact. But yeah. this is just a me table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the new the new book the new book so the new new book is out the World War it, book well is out? we we got advanced copies okay. that were, were air shipped in yeah so but it's coming in June okay this but this pro this was the Kickstarter project yeah yeah that's a Kickstarter project and uh, at the same time the system is coming out this new yeah hardcover of the system also from PM. And so I was kind of doing everything all at once. What what, what, uh, what necessitated that this was the, uh, this actually be crowdfunded? Um, you know, what was yeah. the reason why it was crowdfunded? Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, the PM is a small publisher, yeah. and that the bill for a book like this they they gave us carte blanche. So we have a full color hardcover. Uh, it ended up being three hundred and twenty page yeah. uh, book. And, and that, you know, there wasn't that point where they said, okay, you know, you can't do that. And I, I mean, I showed this to other publishers and the possibilities were like mostly black and white, small yeah. color section, uh, uh, soft cover. So, so, so they were sort of up with you to a point and then you sort of, you, you pushed it a little bit too it, far? No, it wasn't that we pushed it too far. It was, I think that they just looked at it and said, this is going to be really, really difficult for us to yeah. pull off. Can you do a Kickstarter? And we were like, yes. So was was there hesitation on your part? I mean, you know, because generally when we think of these Kickstarter projects, um, total hesitation. Yes, yeah, it's not, and it's not books coming out on publishers generally, right? I mean, it's people self-publishing. That um, actually, you know, more and more we had yeah. Fantagraphics did sure. the huge thing, sure. which is, you know, that's um, that you know that that's yeah. part of that. So, you know, I'm not. I don't want to encourage publishers to go this direction because I think that it's a dangerous direction yeah. for it's like it's not hard enough to do the work, but you yeah. also have to fund it. Yeah. You know, the music industry is doing this kind of thing um, for a project like this. It served a number of purposes. I'm sort of curious about Kickstarter. So this is like, OK, toe in the water with a group of people. It's promoting the book before it comes out, which is really important. Yeah. And it drew the whole group together to, to do this promotion. So from my perspective, that was that that served many many purposes if it was just to raise money for the publisher i would have been like well that doesn't seem like a very it's not serving us too well except for the fact that well then the book probably would have to have been scaled back and any number of things so what, what was the hesitation on your part then the hesitation was i've never done kickstarter so yeah. i wasn't even sure we could raise the money yeah and i thought if we don't raise the money what uh you know what is that where does that leave us like demoralized and uh and you know unsure about it and you know what you know the process is just in itself it's it's like was a mystery to me now it's much clearer you, you, when you say dip your toe in the water it makes it sound like this is something that you might pursue in the future yeah i would definitely well you know i'm working on a book now that um you know the advance since the crash yeah so many publishers are so hesitant to do so many things and so if I'm working on a book with a smaller publisher and there's not much money in it, I, would, I could see doing a, um, a Kickstarter to raise money for me just to be able to do the book. So I don't have to either attenuate the process mm -hmm. um, so I can get, actually get enough money to afford to just sit down and do that. Yeah. Um, and that would be part one. And part two would be um, that to let people know the project's coming and part three would be say to sell artwork from it and things that that i would probably do later but yeah. it, would, it would make it more possible for me to to pull it off that's interesting so it's more of a let me let me be able to live while i work on this project sort of kickstarter rather than you know 
the book is coming out the minute this you know the minute this project is over. Well, I mean, the, with a, if you're doing it with a publisher, usually there's like a, a year, yeah, almost a year uh, lag between when it when that happens, um, when you finish, and when it comes out. Um, but but yeah, but but um, you know, it's 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 complicated to make a living as a cartoonist, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that I was working for a ridiculously little amount of money for say Fantagraphics or yeah. NBM or any of these places and it would take me a long time or an uh, incredible juggle to, to do anything and it, it doesn't help the project if you attenuate it too much because being in the mindset of thinking about the characters and thinking about the story and having a through line with it um, you know Metamorphosis for example mm. I got a decent ad- advance so I could really concentrate on that Yeah, I mean I had to take breaks for say Spy vs. Spy and some other work but I could really set it aside of course I discovered working in a really really concentrated way on one project like that I was burnt out for about a year so it really no matter what I thought it took me six months but it really took me a year and a half you know so ha- so having all these distractions it may actually end up being a good thing for you there's aspects to them that are I think it was good to not it's not really that uh, the distractions are good they because you really I was in the mindset of say metamorphosis yeah. and I am working on uh, this new book ruins pretty much I'm you know trying to pencil two pages a day as many days a week as I possibly can and I work at night a lot um, but it um, I definitely find if I stop then I have to there's a lot of warm-up time to get back into it so it it's doesn't serve the project to stop how much time commitment is uh, is spy versus spy for you Four or five days uh, every two months. Okay, that's not bad. It's not too bad. It yeah. used to be monthly, so then it was, you know, four or five days a month, and then that starts to be a chunk of the month. Um, but there's, you know, there's other things I end up doing. And again, you know, I mean, I make my living solely as a, as a cartoonist or related to cartooning, yeah. like teaching yeah. comics. Um, so, um, and now I'm I'm currently teaching at Harvard, and I'm commuting up there one day a week teaching spending the night and then commuting back like first thing so that I have a half a day on Friday to be working so it's which is making for a an intense schedule but also like super exciting because I have to say the students at Harvard remind me of how much I love to teach yeah what 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 brought you back to to New York and 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 I, I you know From Mexico you mean yeah because you know again when we're talking about making a living as a cartoonist I mean this is got to be one of the hardest places to actually, you know, to, to pay your rent on the money you're making drawing books. Yes, true. Um, well, w- my daughter, it was a, it was a big thing. It's yeah. like the, the, but you the moved, education. But you moved there t- for her. For in her the in the first place. place yeah. And we moved back for her in yeah. the second place because it was, the schooling was not, was not brilliant by any yeah. means. And the, the first step was her learning Spanish, which once she did that, which she did thoroughly and two years really locked it in. Um, and it was great. I mean, everything about that was great. Our timing couldn't have been better to come back because we came back right before the crash. So we had an opportunity to get our footing back here. And then when the crash happened, it, it completely changed the dynamics of my career. I had a career in illustration big time. And um, I could actually work remotely and still yeah. do that. And, I mean, I could pretty much live on doing Spy versus Spy, but then it's supplemented by illustration. When we got back, I still had my illustration going on. I had other things happening. And when the crash came, then I had to really figure out what was going to happen next. 
and it was really good to be here for that, which included, uh, we would have been down there, work would have, you know, I would have heard the sucking sound coming from the United States of the economy, yeah. uh, you know, crumbling. And then, um, then I would have been down there sweating, thinking about what's going on with my career. And it was also really, um, the timing was such that um, I really had gotten very ensconced in Mexico and in the kind of things I was doing down there. And I really sort of lost, the timing was just so odd because I was doing very rapidly anti-Bush art. And it wasn't just Obama being elected, but it was just me getting tired of doing rabid art all the time Uh and doing things in stencils and all all the different things that I was doing that were a particular form that I was just going through an evolution uh, away from that. And it wasn't just out of like, okay, well, now everything's better because Obama's president, because it certainly wasn't the case. It, but it was like, I'm tired of, I, you know, eight years plus or you 30 years plus of doing that. I want to be angry all the time, right? And also, <laughs> yeah, and especially after the influences yeah. of the art in Mexico was sending me in a different direction. I was like, I'm drawing in my sketchbook. I really love what I was doing there. Diario de Oaxaca was a real example yeah. of like, oh, I really like that. How can I do make a living doing this? And the answer was, I really sort of can't exactly. I can, I can do some of that, but it's like it comes out of being in Mexico. Hmm. Um, but I can't. You know, there's there was really little work in Mexico. Yeah. But I did connect with a publisher there, and I ended up doing Alice in Wonderland and through the Looking Glass with them. They published Diario de Oaxaca along with PM. They brought the two together. They did my new uh, Drawn to New York book when it was Diario de Nueva yep. York. Yeah. Um, before I could find a publisher in the U.S., you know. So it's been a really interesting. Like, it's turned my my career has just been in um, uh, in a spin in all these different directions. I've been getting pub- books published in Europe in a good first. Way, it in a really like, oh, it's yeah. it, you know. I mean, I'm I'm really fortunate because. Uh, the combination of, well, I don't have a plan B. Yeah. So I, I absolutely have to be a cartoonist, and that's a good thing because I'm, I, I'm basically functioning in a way where, I, okay, what do I have to do now to make this happen? Okay, I'm going to find a you know European publishers, and I'm going to find I have this Mexican publisher, and I I believe in pixie dust. So like, I just do the thing I do, and then hope that it draws people and publishers and interest and it keeps on doing that so doing world war three is a perfect example of this because uh 35 years of working on a publication that i don't get paid anything for and i've even ramped up how much work i've done you know designing the new anthology doing a kickstarter gathering all that together that took years it was kind of spread out over years but um you know no pay at all and so but I see how that bleeds into teaching and, you know, mm. like Harvard probably called because of a series of things they saw. They didn't, the person who contacted me did not know my work at all. They just sort of, somebody said your work was good <laughs> and I came and visited you and yeah. you'd be perfect. So, okay, great. So, and I was in a position to say yes, which was lucky because all that travel at a different time, I might have said, you know, wow, this is so great, but I just can't do it. You know, I can't. I can't devote that much time when I could be doing my other work. Um, so it's weird how like doors will shut and then some other door will open, and yeah. I'm I'm pretty much depending on that happening in my career all the time. And it's 
I, I could see for somebody to be like the worst possible career. Like you, where you're just standing around hoping a door opens yeah. that isn't even been built yet. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's the deal. And, and then, um, then, uh, it, that lifts up. Um, and, uh, but, but that's, you know, that, that's happened so many different ways. Um, this book was published in Colombia. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, printing a strip that I did for Liberation in in Paris, which I got through my French publisher who's standing in front of us here, Serge, um, who you know like we, he published a book and then he published a book and then it, then then he was like, oh look, um, this French paper was interested in you doing a comic for him. So I did a couple of double page spreads, political comics, um, and then they asked me if I wanted to do a regular strip for him, yeah. and then they asked me if I wanted to art direct a regular political illustration which i did myself and got other people to do that was a weekly gig for between between eye of the beholder and that was for four years and i was like okay who saw that coming i'm just it's funny because i I actually just recently started freelancing myself um literally a month ago and uh you know freaking out a little bit about it because it's 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 so different, you know. It's 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 so and 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 you you've got to do every single aspect of it. It's not just sitting down and doing the work, but you've got oh, to if only it down and yes, it's true. Yeah, ha- hopefully you like some of the other aspects yeah. of it. Like I, I kind of like reaching out to publishers and having some contact with them and doing sometimes swinging the deal myself and and doing you know all all the process. It can be overwhelming. Like, say, I was dealing right down to the shipping on this book. I I found the the printer. Yeah, World War Three. I found the printer for because when I did Diario de Oaxaca, I was trying to make the book work for a small publisher, and it's this two hundred and some page full color book. You know, it's like small publishers going gulp. I don't know, and um, so finding a publisher in, in you know Southeast Asia. Uh, and and then on top of it, the beauty of it is that in being directly involved with all this, then I'm getting involved with, uh, hey, guess what? Like I can do debossing and spot gloss and a paper wrap. And I go to the, they have an office in New York and I go there and say, what are you doing these days in printing? What can be done? And then, oh, well, we got these, this t- ribbon that is like, you know, you can mark your page and you, you know, I saw a paper wrap on another book and I was like, that would be cool. And smaller publishers oddly enough are not bean counting the way the bigger publishers are yeah. sometimes so so like with metamorphosis published by random house crown when i said i wanted to have flaps on the paperback they quietly published it without consulting me yeah. without any flaps and because it was going to cost an extra nickel do they do the smaller publishers do they they kind of appreciate you micromanaging oh yeah uh, they depend on it they depend on it yeah i mean i'm delivering finished books yeah. and then Finding the publisher, yeah, it it does get again. It gets to be a bit much because I really do sometimes like I realize I'm like the last line in the thing. So yeah. therefore, say something screws up, it law lands on me, and that's a little frightening, especially since I'm experimenting. Like you know, I, I didn't know what debossing was going to do yeah. on on the book. I did not know, for example, like okay, you know, I have to get this at a certain spot in the book and it's yeah. going to be glued. It's a, the wrap, it's called yeah. a, it's called a belly band uh-huh. and the, and the, you know, like, Hey, okay, I need three spots of glue and I want, I don't want it to go too far in and all these different things. But what happens, I'm, I, I'm really coming out of as a fanzine publisher yeah. 
a zine and you know doing the magazine i'm coming from standing at a printing press in queens Screen and watching it and well or watching it come off the web yeah. press and going can you s- tighten the press a little bit so the blacks are dark and then i was like oh shit that made it too dark on page 14 yeah. when i wanted it just to be on nine and seeing what that process is i love it i really love being you know smelling ink and so, so you know, I'm looking at the books around the table. I mean, obviously, you know, like the, the Metamorphosis is, is a large publisher. Obviously, the bad ones are. Um, they're pretty standard floppy paperback books when it right. really comes right down to it. Um, why, why are you so obsessive about these other books? Why, why, why is the look of the book, uh, you know, why is the wrapping of the book as important to you? Because um, we're going through that phase right now where it's not a phase, really. It's maybe the future yeah. where... Print We're is looking just, at Art Spiegelman right now. Yeah, like the other, other big, you know, the other pillar of this. A guy who be, yeah. who believes in the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I I plain old. I love the printed form, and I want people to understand why you have to have that. Yeah. And a, having a book be a physical object where there is a, a cover that if you touch it, you're going to feel something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so embossing and debossing and spot gloss and paper bands and all that you get none of that with an ebook it's a, it's exclusively for print so and this so is a, i mean this is a direct response to that i mean yes if, if, it if is, there weren't kindles around right now you wouldn't be quite as obsessive about the looks of these books i think i might still be obsessive because i it's the opportunity to do that i think i would have gone in that direction in some form anyway yeah. and i've always been kind of interested in that but it makes it even more of an issue as as that um the that is being replaced by oh I can just look at it on the screen and it'll be great and then you can kind of turn the page and all Um, I don't find that uh, the lack of physicality there it's cold to me in the same way as I use a computer all the time and I do some computer you know InDesign and some computer coloring say on Spy vs. Spy but like in my comics classes I discourage the use of computers as much as possible because you're not drawing on a I, tablet and right yeah. and I still believe in original art yeah. and I mean I believe in it because I actually a portion of my career is selling physical art and that you know that's going to be become more scarce and more valuable and I encourage people like who really want to have a career in this to not lose touch with what it that aspect of the form it connects you also more directly with the history mm. where all that was done and i don't want to lose touch with that so so why was it important that that world war three get, get the get a big full you know comprehensive book well i th- um you know we're still pretty invisible i mean we're we're generally yeah. world war three is still like people are i mean and uh, on occasion, not dissimilar to Mad, people are saying, "Oh, are they still publishing that?" I, you know, I haven't. Seen, I grew up on that as a kid. Didn't know it was still out. Yeah. World War Three. They never. They. Some people do say they grew up on it. In fact, the new, the new turn as I get older is, my mom showed me that. You yeah. know, it's like, wow. Well, you had a really cool mom, <laughs> but that also indicates how yeah. old I am. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I, I really was interested in having a book come out that was going to be something that would really stick around and say like yeah this is very real and in in fact i mean i think somebody who might discover this book like see us for the first time through this book Mm. it's going to be a revelation and it can't and it can live on a library shelf in you know assuming there's still libraries around and it's you know it's it's a uh a testament to something that almost doesn't exist in this world it's like 
who would work on a project for 35 years without pay? And it's also the secret of our success is that absolutely, the, the, if there had been money involved, mm. people would have, would have fought and fled. It yeah. would have been like, oh, well, who's getting, why are you getting money? Where's the money going? I didn't want money spent there. How much do you get a page? What does the editor get, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, it's just like, do we want this thing to come out or don't we? And we do. And we have all pulled together to make that happen. And that goes in the face of what we're sold our whole lifetimes of what success is, you know, you have to be famous, rich and famous, you know, all that. It's like, no, how about you just do work that means something to you and then you and try and connect with other people who believe in that and that that's what success is. So, so it, was it, a, uh, was it a, a conscious decision to, you know, from the outset to not pay make people money. or did it just not make money it, it it basically just didn't make money it, it, it was paying for itself and we could it was too complicated it um it goes both ways it wasn't like yes you know like it, it didn't make money so we're not doing it i didn't ever want to be in the position of a businessman where i was sitting writing checks to anybody and if we had you know i'd be writing a 25 dollar check and somebody would be saying where's my check mm. more bands have broken up over this kind of thing more you know, more trouble has come out of yeah. that. And again, our longevity is a testament to something working. And when I look around and say, what is it? I have to say it's that that is definitely one of the ingredients because there's just never I'm not suspected as being like coming off better for, you know, I got the big money because I'm the editor and, you know, co-founder. It's like I'm a chief bottle washer just like you. If you want to work on it, you can do the same thing. You can have way too much work to do but the benefits then it strips away questions of what the benefits are and the benefits come in the form of what you hold in your hands and the process of doing the work and that's kind of true with doing comics as well so i'm in the midst of doing this 300 plus page graphic novel which i was not able to sell to somebody in advance and so i had to sit down and spend first of all spend the all the time to think it up and ponder it for years and then four solid months drawing it up in a little booklet so that I could really show somebody and then shopping it around for a good while, I don't know, six months or something, maybe 15 publishers and then realizing like, wait, maybe I'm just going to have to self-publish this and I actually started on working on the book when Self-Made Hero who's associated with Abrams stepped up and said, oh, we'd love to do this book and showed the enthusiasm. I was kind of like won't I find that with somebody? And then they're like all excited and it's like, oh, great. But it was also because they're small, it was kind of a return to the way things used to be where I wasn't getting paid a lot, but still way better. But it, again, it was kind of clarifying because I just plain old want to do this book. Yeah. And what it, my motivation is the work and not like I'm getting paid big bucks and it's, I, I'm always happy to get paid for what I do. And in fact, it's kind of like I'm going to, American. I was brought up, you know, and this is, this is, you know, I'd say male, but it, it, you know, it probably bleeds into male and female, but it's like, yeah, your self worth is somehow Mm -hmm. contained in this, like, I got paid for what I do, but I do get paid for what I do. And I just look at it as a pool. And like, if I get paid over here, but not over here, then as long as I'm making a living, can afford to live in New York, then it's working and not like, that took so much work because I, you know, anybody abandoned comics if you did the, like, 
the 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 costs, uh, the time versus the yeah. the work versus and, consumption. And a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. of course. I mean, you, it's naturally. It's like it's it's one of the hardest art forms. You know, you got to have your lettering together. You have to be like an architect. You have to be a, a sales person. You have to be able to draw, write, piece all that together, put all the years that go into doing something. You know, and you know, I had good training because so much of my career was during the time when comics weren't even considered an art form. Mm-hmm. It's only the latter, say, 15 years now, or less than 15 years, that it's been like, oh, yes, this is really important. It's great. And that that really uh, bolstered my sense of do the thing you love and then let the, the finances and all that follow. When, when, when you said earlier that, that, you know, that there was no plan B, I'm wondering if you're approaching that from sort of um, uh, your skill set or w- whether it's just you, you need to be doing what you love to do. I mean, you know, you're obviously you're, you're, you're a good enough artist to have a career, at least to some degree, you know, uh, doing illustration or graphic design or something like that. Um, I, I guess I could. I could probably have rushed in some direction that would have been... Um, I mean, I, w- I moved to New York to be an animator in the first place, which would be very much of a, uh, like, second banana job yeah. for the kind of thing I was going to do. It would be, like, you know, paint backgrounds, yeah. you know, in animation. I didn't know uh, people moved to New York to be animators. Well, you know, I was looking for... This is, like, like with no skills almost at all. Yeah. I, like, well, I, I know I can paint a blue background. And then I'll learn the process, and then I'll slowly make my way up. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's like going to work on an assembly line. Uh, well, it was totally that. Yeah. And, but but I, just, I didn't have the skill set to do too much more than that. Um, and I didn't realize exactly what my skill set was. It involved being an editor, publisher, and doing that, because we did World War III only two years after I moved to New York, I think. Um, and so that skill set was coming in, and... I, and and Seth Tabachman and I were doing zines as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I mean, our first zine we did when we were 11. And so we were involved in that area, but not, I could barely draw. Yeah. I mean, Seth was way better, way better artist. Um, but, um, and he was racing towards film when he first moved to New York and found that just to be like, oh, this is just way too complicated. And so, you know, you're going to be such at such a distance to be able to, do your art that that he just thought like wait a minute I prefer a form where I can actually create it and not doesn't take a crew and a million dollars. That's so strange to me though that that you you could barely draw. But um, it's this I, is where you how how did that happen? I think osmosis because uh, I was reading comics voraciously, and so yeah. I was really like you know I mean I was aware of every inker and. Line. Um, I worked in a studio uh, for Howard Chaikin, mm-hmm. and uh, in the studio was Walt Simonson. Oh, wow. uh, Frank Miller came into the studio in my second year, maybe. He was starting to do Daredevil. I was around comics. I'd gone to comic conventions since I was 11. So this was uh, mid-late 80s? I was uh, 78. Oh, wow. I started oh. working for him. Oh, yeah. 79. Yeah. And until um, 81. So while yeah. I was in art school... And so I was getting this like rush of, of um, exposure. But 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 again, but again, like uh, you know, you could barely draw. But you're going to art school, and but you know, and but you want to be uh, an animator, and but you want to be a cartoonist. Like, yeah. What what is pushing you forward? Um, the sense of 
um, I in a in a jock world, I'm like cannon yeah. fodder, yeah. and that I I knew I had I did not have the skill sets, uh, inclination, all the things that would come together that would make it possible for me to look for work in somebody else's world. And so, like by narrowing it down to the one that I was familiar with, yeah. I thought. Uh, you know, if I fail, at least I'm failing in an area that I, I understand. The other one, I, I feel like I'd always scramble to do okay, yeah, um, and hate it. So literally, you literally couldn't do anything else. It sounds like. Yeah, I, th- I really feel like. I mean, I might have, you know, I might have rushed towards entomology, uh, yeah. which interested me. I might have, uh, I, you know, it's impossible to say. I might have gone to some natural something or other, yeah. but. All of them would have been secondary to a really, really intense love of comics, which was so absolute. Like it was, there wasn't any question mark around it. I, I like, I wanted to be near comics. Uh, I wanted to read more comics, and and then just like stumble my way into it. But again, osmosis was very important. Like all that reading was, in fact, I was developing um, the information. I was an inker on Richie Rich, one of my first jobs when when. Um, when the animation fell yeah. through, I was like, okay, what can I do? I might be able to be an inker. So I went to Harvey because I knew I wasn't like I'm cut out for Marvel at that point. And um, I spent maybe a month doing samples to get the, the $8 a page job. And my first page took me a day and a half, which was really, you know, like, okay, that's not going to work. But I got technical skills developing from that when I... Otherwise, you know, so I was I was racing towards yeah. I got to get my skills together really, really, really fast because this is the only way I'll do it. But I thought, OK, if I'm interested in animation and I can learn how to ink and if I'm and then an art school was exposing me to all this fine art, which was interesting to me anyway. I like traveling a lot. So I was going to places and going to museums. And I found my my foot went in the door with illustration, which was a, a big surprise because I had no idea that that was possible, but doing a single thing, um, like for the New York Times, I had a an ability in that area that I didn't expect. Yeah. And I was doing linoleum prints. I was doing like woodcutty looking work, and that fit with illustration. And that was like, wow! I was getting paid decent money to do that, and so that was another way to get into art and it was applying things I'd learned in art school and that makes I mean you know that's a jump that makes more sense from, from art school right it's an illustration were they were, were they beating the comics out of people at that point in time oh totally um, yes there was there was little or no interest in comics yeah there was one teacher who came to me when he saw World War 3 and he just like said I think what you guys is doing is the greatest thing and I just thought what what an idiot I mean, one thing that was really useful about being really into comics um, was that recognizing how little the general world, you know, is, with with all their attitudes and all the things that they were teaching and telling us, they could be all wrong. And it was really good to like, go start the career with, you know, one can be right about their beliefs, even if in the general population you're being told almost all the time, no, 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 comics are for kids and this yeah. is interesting. It's not an art form, all these things. It's like I knew like in my bones that that was wrong and that opened the door on a lot of other areas like political beliefs, say, uh, like just generally what ideas were and weren't good 
and what was possible. And that is good for, as a freelancer, to see different directions that may not be clear-cut in society at this moment. Comics was a really brilliant choice that I wasn't making uh, because I I saw the direction of it. I just knew, like, I was drawn to it. But uh, when all those hip art directors started doing, uh, you know, as music magazines were using them, details, uh, God, there was so many Rolling Stone, like, almost every other magazine started using comics yeah. in the late 80s, 90s, particularly in the 90s. And those of us who were doing them, like, we were standing at the door and didn't even realize it. You know, it was a, again, they're like, the they built that door. Right. And yeah. it was like, how perfect is this? And, you know, I, I definitely had many a discussion, though, with my wife as, you know, I was struggling. Like, maybe comics is just like a bad idea. And I, and. Do you still have and, that conversation? On occasion, <laughs> yes. She was very tolerant with me spending, you know, a full four months working on something where I wasn't paid at all. And But at the end of the four months, it was like, okay, honey. Yeah. You, you remember that whole career thing yeah. that, you know, and I was like, yes, I know, I know. And especially when, when there was that long gap of not selling it, yeah. um, and going, okay, uh, maybe I'll have to go, but she's quite supportive based on, I think in part on the, she's seen, got to witness the pixie dust forming together into yeah. dollars. You, you must have breathed a sigh of relief when mad came around though. I mean, that- um, actually it wasn't, it didn't run that way because I was, sort of shocked by the opportunity and a little frightened by it because I had just finished the system. I was doing lots of political illustration work. Yeah. And so for somebody to say, hey, would you like to do somebody else's characters? Um, now, I did. I was doing it in the style that I was of my choosing. Um, but I really, in a lot of ways, you could see by the fact that I did it in stencils and spray paint, I was almost attempting to give them a, a good reason to say no. And I thought, I'll just do this one thing. They'll say no, and I'll leave. And I'll be like, that was kind of cool. I got to try it out. Um, but I've, I've breathed, breathed many sighs of relief subsequently when it was like, as a fallback, when I lived yeah. in Mexico, I could basically live well just doing Spy versus Spy. And my wife working, too, of course. Why did, why did they choose you for Spy versus Spy? You know, it's, it, it seems like, on the face of it, it seems like a strange fit. Um, I just finished doing a full-length wordless graphic novel. I was doing a regular comic strip in alternative papers, Eye of the Beholder, that was wordless. Um, so that part of it was very logical. Yeah. Uh, and they were looking for somebody to come along and revamp it in a way where it would stay what it was in its essence, but have a new youthful look or whatever you want to call it, different. You know, something that was like, how can we make this thing happen that that revitalizes it at the same time doesn't lose its intent yeah and so in that respect it was it was a, a really like correct fit and um you know and that i could write helped and that i was you know there's just there's a lot of things that i didn't expect fit well but i you know to this day when i sit down with it i still go through a little bit of a emotional mental backflip over I'm still doing this. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I just, it's the nature of the kind of work I do. I find myself questioning whether I'm doing the right thing at any given time. Mm. And so to have a through line of 17 years with one thing, yeah. I'm going to be questioning it. So what, what the, the, the book that you're working on right now, I mean, it sounded like, it sounded like it was something you absolutely had to do, even if it meant self-publishing. And what, 
what what about it what about it made it so right like what you know what what made this something that you were going to create at, you know at at all costs um it tied me back into it tied me back into mexico which i wanted i wanted yeah. to have like my roots really strong from my time there yeah um it took all the information that i had gotten from two years being there that while i was there i was thinking i'm i know i am collating this information for something i was drawing in my sketchbook not because of to do diario de oaxaca yeah. that a sketchbook collection but uh because i was trying to capture the information that i i just felt in my bones was going to mean something and i wanted to do a, something that had the long-term intense uh sp- spend time with something that would be uh have some gravitas as far as the story goes and um so that I would be really uh could invest in something like that and something longer I most everything else I've done is shorter in some form you know I mean uh the system is 112 pages not tiny but um stop forgetting to remember yeah. that still you know it's like putting things together There's but pieces it, yeah. it, there were some pieces to it yeah. and also you know it still was longer than anything else I had done so I wanted to do something longer form and and I mean one of the things that's happened with my work over the years is I I am I keep on trying to do something different with with comics that will be challenging and interesting and um you know keep it exciting and now doing something longer form is that's one aspect of that doing fiction a fiction piece which made it much more difficult to find a publisher for because they want hmm. it tied to well you know if i did a biography of yeah. somebody hey better if i adapted existing Kafka. literature <laughs> yeah. great that'll that'll work but but fiction much much harder sell but i love fiction yeah. i you know i so um so it was challenging on all those different in all those different ways and i knew it would be exciting for that and a way to pour all these different ideas that i had that were in some cases like a little disconnected but the the book is pulling it together in in a way that i can use my interest in entomology for example because there's a whole through line that is about I was the monarch say, butterfly like looking around you know there is insects in, yeah there insects come up the metamorphosis there's yeah. a butterfly on the cover of this guy um definitely yeah, yeah there's 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 things that that are um associated with that but this is a sort of a bigger connection to something that was a, a also a childhood interest. What is it about insects? Um I don't know it's probably the same thing that drew me to comics. There there's color and action and they're each unique and they have the different possibilities and they're so imaginative like you know what brought them together to be the way they are let's say you know a moth that has camouflage or a butterfly like the viceroy butterfly yeah. that mimics the monarch because monarchs are poisonous to birds yeah. but viceroys weren't and so they ended up evolutionarily coming up with a look that like butterflies go I think that's a monarch don't eat it yeah and so they survived I all these little things and um um I don't know you know so that that uh, that the things that maybe brought me to, towards comics had there's aspects of it that were in looking at insects you know color light expression animation <laughs> are, are there is the book political at all or um it's got a, a, a the through line is um you know the, a monarch butterfly trying to get to yeah. mexico uh especially these days yeah. is uh it com- combating all of the 
environmental degradation that's going on. Uh, the way it reflects in, say, migrant farm workers, you know, somebody who's coming from Mexico to work here and survive, yeah. uh, people who are trying to cross the border and getting busted, whereas the monarch can just cross yeah. borders as it wishes. All, there's these associations that come up that are these you know, metaphors for world issues. And then within the story, I have all the things going on with... Um, there was a when I lived in Mexico. There was there's a teacher strike going on, um, and um, um, it blew up. A bunch of people were killed, and it blew up into a major political event in in the town that I was yeah. in. And so I can bring all that into it, and um, make the characters instead of standing to one side like we were sort of yeah. with most of it, put them dead center in the middle of it. In a way, you can't really avoid the politics. I mean, they're they're just going to be in, in your work no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I we were moving to Mexico to g- sort of break away from yeah. Bush politics, and we landed in a place where I was, you know, photographing burning buses and yeah. you know troops in riot gear. Yeah. So it's it, it, there's definitely a run run but you can't hide aspect yeah. of this world. And that art, I mean, you know, you, you, you had made it sound earlier like you when you were working on that art, you were kind of getting away from political, but I mean, that, that the art in Oaxaca, you know, the wall art, I mean, that's that's the violent revolutionary wall art we're seeing in a lot of cases. Right, and I'm drawing that as well, but, um, but uh, what it, this allowed me to do is the evolution or de-evolution I was going through since I got back from Mexico I want to have the sketchbook quality. I want to draw these things. That book is going to allow me to do that um, and at the same time have politics in it. Yeah. And, and like I can work on a long project that feels like my sketchbook that, that synthesizes all that and brings the color of Mexico into it but isn't like just a, um, you know, a, a pretty drawing of, of uh, trees yeah. in Mexico. So it all has, seems like it has reason. There you have it. Uh, that was actually one from, from way back in the archives. We recorded that one originally back in April at Mocha Fest here in New York City. Um, maybe archives. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be saying archives because it's the first time it's actually seen the light of day. Um, but fi- glad we're finally able to get it out there. Always always a pleasure speaking with Peter. He's always, he's, he's always got a lot of stuff going on. Um, actually, when we had that conversation, it was about a month or so after the end of the uh, the Kickstarter campaign for the World War III Illustrated Anthology. Uh, that's something that, that Peter's been working on since... Uh, since 1980, so uh, you can buy the anthology right now through PM Press. A lot of, a lot of stuff to dig into there. Um, you know, Peter's done all sorts of other stuff. Um, he, you know, he does he does Spy vs. Spy for Mad Magazine. Um, he's done those really fantastic uh, Kafka adaptations. Um, Stop Forgetting to Remember is a really great sort of semi-quasi-autobiographical book he did. Um, so, you know, if you, it's certainly worth checking out. Um, also, super nice guy. You see him? Go, go shake his hand. I'll talk to you. Put a mic in his face. He'll, he'll do your podcast. Uh, thanks so much to Peter for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks uh, to Brian, as always, for, uh, for editing this thing together. Thanks to Mark and everybody else at Boing Boing for, uh, for hosting the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can send us an email. It's rylcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate us on iTunes. We, you know, we, we, we don't have nearly... We're, 
what, 16, some odd, ep- I've, lo- I've lost track, we've done so many episodes, we can we can certainly use uh, some more ratings up there, um, we've got a Tumblr account, you can follow us on Tumblr, you will get the show uh, hours, if not days, before you'll see it over at Boing Boing, that's roelcast.tumblr.com, a uh, whole bunch of good shows line up, so I'm going to get back to making them right now, we will catch you next week with another episode of R.O.Y.L. 